What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 10 of the Gino Spirito podcast. Today is Friday, January 22nd. I hope you all had a fantastic week. Thank you for tuning in. I cannot believe we already hit double digits in the first week or in the first month of the year, not the first week of the year. But like always, very excited uh, to be talking to you all today. Very happy you all decided to tune in. Um, you know, another Friday, another week down. Like I said, I have my first week of classes next week um, for school. Not really looking forward to it, but um, it should be interesting. Uh, you know, the start of a semester is always a good time. Get to know my professors, get to start my classes. Uh, this will be the first week, um, not the first week, the first semester in my college experience where I will have a couple professors that I've already had since I am finally in the heart of my major, which is going to be really fun. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this semester. Um, I'll be in 18 units, six classes. Um, you know, it, it's definitely a hefty workload, but you know, I'm getting towards the end of my college experience and I think this will be, um, Definitely like that last semester, the the last semester that I'll have uh, more than four classes. So um, I'm excited to just get into it. I'm excited to tackle this semester. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to what it has to offer. Um, but anyways, let's get into it. Obviously, this week in the NFL, we have the conference championships games, which I'm very looking forward to talking about, um, you know, um, you know, we have on on one side, which is the NFC Championship, which is um, at 12.05 p.m. on Sunday. This game is between two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, you know, we have Aaron Rodgers, who is coming off arguably his best season of all time. Um, that probably going to win the MVP. Uh, he has this offense of the Packers playing at an elite level that nobody except the Buccaneers and Wheat Sits could stop, really. And you, on the other side, I mean, you have Tom Brady. I mean, the resume speaks for itself with Tom Brady. As much as <laughs> I have um, felt the pain of what Tom Brady can truly do to a franchise like the Chargers, I mean, this man has... 32 playoff wins. He has beaten 18 different teams in the playoffs. He has just as much wins in the against NFC opponents as Drew Brees. Um, you know, he has more game-winning playoff drives than playoff losses. I mean, the the resume just speaks for itself um, for both of these quarterbacks. And you know, these you know when when it all is said is done, these these two quarterbacks will be first ballot Hall of Famers without a doubt. So um, this matchup is is definitely gonna be a we're we're in for a treat. I mean, like who 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 could complain about this one? I mean, the Butts are are coming off of the uh, their impressive win against the Saints, getting revenge on a team that swept them this year, thirty to twenty, and then the Packers obviously also coming off of an impressive win against the Rams, uh, thirty two to eighteen. Um, the only player that. Uh, is notable that got hurt in the divisional round that will not be able to play in this game would be Antonio Brown. I don't necessarily um, think this will hinder the Butts offense at all. That doesn't take away from the caliber of player Antonio Brown is. It's just they are very 
very stacked on the offensive side and uh, Ronald Jones will be more healthy this game, um, you know, to possibly take the take the weight off of Leonard Fournette a little bit. But at the same time, Ronald Jones held his own being only at 70 percent. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they split up the carries as Leonard Fournette had a great outing against the Saints last week. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it is a, a rematch of week sits where the um, Butts handled the Packers 38 to 10. Uh, definitely the only defense in the league so far this year that has been able to uh, handle this Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones-led offense. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's it's the conference championship. Both teams are definitely just completely different teams than they were that week six. Um, and and I, I really cannot see this game getting out of hand uh, for either team. Um, the way it did in week six, I, I really do not see that, um, you know, another, what's it called? Another, uh, interesting stat that I thought, uh, was interesting going into this game was, uh, Matt LaFleur. He became the eighth coach in NFL history to make the conference championship in his first two years. Um, I think that the biggest difference this year for not only him, but Aaron Rodgers is getting that home field. I mean, I think it is crazy that Aaron Rodgers in his 15 years as a starting quarterback in the NFL has never had home field in the playoffs that doesn't necessarily mean he hasn't had a bye but he has never had home field never played a conference championship at Lambeau you could see when he was looking up at the stands waving to all the fans how much that win against the Rams met and how much it'll mean to him going into this a I mean into this NFC championship game being able to play in front of the I think they ha they said about 7,000 fans will be in Lambeau and you know I I just feel like that might be the difference in this game um you know Aaron Rodgers is on his revenge tour still this year I mean he had a quarterback drafted in the first rounds um, you know, the first time he ever passed to a first round receiver was to Tavon Austin and they, the Packers didn't even draft him. They, they acquired him via free agency. So, you know, as Stephen A. Smith would say, he is a bad man. And I would not be surprised in the slightest if, you know, this is just another game where Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense just do their thing and get their revenge on not only the Buccaneers, but Aaron Rodgers yet again proves um, all of his haters wrong, all of management, all of everybody who said that he was a little bit washed up or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that he's still the man. He still has four or five years left in him. Easy. I mean, like I said, he's been playing at an MVP caliber level the entire season, arguably his greatest season as a starting quarterback. But at the same time, I just don't want to downplay what who Tom Brady is and what he can bring to the table. As I've already said, all of his playoff stats speak for himself. Is this his first year with this butts with this butts team? As he did spend 20 years in New England, um, but at the same time, Tom Brady. You can just feel the impact that he has made on this Buccaneers organization. A lot of the um, winning values and culture that he was able to um, create and be a part of in New England has definitely, you know, paid dividends for this Buccaneers team as they're in the conference championship. 
And at the same time, that would be great for, you know, Tampa Bay. I know the last time that they went to the Super Bowl was when John Gruden was the coach in 2002 when they went, when they beat the Raiders. So, you know, I, I think this game is going to live up to the hype. I have no doubt at all. I, I think it'll be even better than the Drew Brees and Tom Brady game. Um, I, I just think Aaron Rodgers is simply a better quarterback at the moment than Drew Brees. He has a lot more to give to that offense, and it's just two, you know, it's two offenses that can put points on the board, and it's really going to be up to which defense shows up. I, I think the key to the Butts victory is going to be playing with a lead, putting the pressure on the Packers to keep up with them. Um, you know, putting a little bit of pressure on that Packers defense, uh, you know, it's really easy to play defense when you have Aaron Rodgers on that other side of the ball. You have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams doing their thing, giving you a 14, 17, 21, 24 point cushion. It's a lot easier to play when that is going on. It, you can, you know, run more things. You can, uh, be, you can be creative with the play calls. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really think that the key to the Butts victory is going to be putting the pressure on the Packers' offense, making that defense step up, make those key stops to give their offense a chance to either tie or take the lead. I don't think this will be a two-point uh, or a, a two-score game like throughout the course. I think it'll continue to go back and forth. Um, you know, I think it'll uh, it, the the game will continue to swing either way, but. Um, I, I, I got to go Packers. I think, like I said, this home field for Aaron Rodgers means a lot uh, to give this to the fans of Lambeau who mean the world to him. He's going to prove everybody, um, including his own management, wrong with this game. Uh, you know, not to not to knock on Jordan Love, but it just wasn't time to draft somebody for Aaron Rodgers because he is still the man. I, I'm going to pick the Packers 34-31 to 31 over the Butts, um, and I, I'm really looking forward to this matchup. Um, but for the AFC Championship, we obviously got the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, I feel like I hyped up the last game into two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. And I mean, with this matchup, we have the potential. We have potentially two of the, you know, I, I, I say we we have two of the best young quarterbacks uh, going at it against each other. Josh Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes easily have, you know, another ten to fifteen years. Um, at the quarterback position, if they continue to play at the level they have been, um, you know, at, during this season and, you know, their first few seasons in the league. Obviously, the big storyline from the Browns in the Chiefs game was Patrick Mahomes had to leave in the third quarter uh, due to a concussion. But um, if you have not heard today, the news came out that Patrick Mahomes has cleared concussion protocol and he will be able to play against the Bills, which is great for the Chiefs. Obviously, they're coming off that 22-17 to win over the Bills, uh, barely escaping by having Chad Henney save the day on that 3rd and 13 and then him passing a Tyreek Hill on the 4th and 1 to win. And then obviously the Bills are coming off of the win against the Ravens, 17-3. to uh, What a dominant win. That was as well. This is another rematch of a Wheat Sits matchup as well. The Chiefs took this game in 26, 26 to 17. But just like I said, for the Buccaneers and the Packers, both teams are completely different now. I mean, the Bills, 
um, can definitely keep pace with the Chiefs. I mean, they their offense, uh, you know, I feel like they were they were slinging it at the beginning of the season, and they they got on a little bit of a uh, hiatus uh, during the middle of the season. But these past two months, past eight weeks, Josh Allen and this offense has been playing at a ridiculous level, a level that can match the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, they, their offense is very similar as it's very pass heavy, relying on their quarterback to make the bid, make the bid play, continue to make those plays. Um, but yeah, the, like I said, the Bills can definitely keep pace with the Chiefs. Um, but the same, the same exact thing that I said about the butts, I really feel like the Bills, I think even more so for the Bills, they need to be playing with a lead and putting more pressure on the Chiefs as a Chargers fan. I feel like a lot of teams underestimate the, I mean, not underestimate, but they don't really understand like how good this Chiefs team is. And that's why they're able to run over a lot of teams throughout the regular season. And these divisional games are a little bit closer, but um, because of that, I've noticed when the Chargers play them, when the Raiders play them, even the Broncos really, when the Chiefs get into that one-score game, you put a little bit of pressure on that defense, a little bit more pressure on Patrick Mahomes, you'd be very surprised. Some of the mistakes Patrick Mahomes will make, uh, that, that defense not being able to play with that cushion, some of the mistakes they start to make. Um, you know, I And I really feel like this Bills team is talented enough to beat this Chiefs team if they're able to do that. I'm not necessarily saying they need to play with the lead the whole time, but I'm not but I'm definitely saying they cannot allow the Chiefs to be leading the entire game like they did against the Browns. There was not one moment outside of when the Browns got an interception in that next drive that just resulted in a punt where the Browns had any momentum. The Chiefs still had the game in control. That was the only time where, I don't know, maybe they accidentally clipped on the break and uh, they realized that they needed to keep going and drive. So, like I said, the Bills can definitely keep pace with them, but the more pressure they put on them, the more time that they are leading the game, the better chance that they are going to win because the Chiefs aren't used to that. They aren't used to a team, you know, pulling ahead of them a little bit. Uh, Patrick Mahomes having to make plays when he's down, not necessarily when he has a cushion of a 14-point lead, a cushion of a defense that's able to run more of their playbook because they're playing with the lead, you know. So I have no doubt that this will be a shootout. Um, but like I said, Josh Allen, the Bills need to stick to who they are, which is that pass-heavy offense. And the Chiefs, on the other hand, are going to do what they do. You know, we've seen this from, we saw this last year. We saw this the, the year prior when they unfortunately lost to New England um, in the AFC Championship game. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I have no doubt this will be a shootout, but I am going to go with the Bills, 30-28. to 28. In other NFL news, um, sadly, my guy Phillip Rivers announced his retirement from the NFL after 17 years. What a career this man has. I mean, fifth most passing yards ever, 63,440. Fifth most passing touchdowns ever, which was at a 421. This man was an eight-time Pro Bowler, 252 straight starts, never missed a game. And, of course, 2007 AFC Championship game, played on it in a torn ACL, 
uh, ranked number 12th of all in all time in career passing in career uh, passing rating, which is at a 95.2. He was the 2013 Combat Player of the Year. He had 12 4,000 yard seasons. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on for the guy. Um, I, I I don't I I you know it's it's been it's been hard to process for me personally as Phil Rivers was definitely the quarterback uh, that's, you know, got me into Chargers football, got me into football in general, uh, the quarterback that gave me confidence to play quarterback, the quarterback I looked up to not only as a man on the field but off the fields. So this this has uh, definitely been a tough, a tough one to sw- uh, swallow. I think the, the um, – the person who broke the story, Kevin AC of the San Diego Union Tribune, uh, he actually has worked with Phil Rivers over the years, and I thought it was really cool that Phil Rivers gave this story to him and him only. He was the one who ended up getting to break it. And, you know, I, I feel like the thing that has been bothering the most in the past few days since Phil Rivers has announced his retirement is the is Philip Rivers a Hall of Fame debate? You know, in my honest opinion, I think this debate is so stupid because it is so clear and obvious that this man is a Hall of Famer. Maybe he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe he's not even a second ballot Hall of Famer. But you cannot tell me a good reason as to f- why Philip Rivers should not be in the Hall of Fame other than he does not have a range. Give me more reasonings. As to why he should not be in the Hall of Fame. There are plenty of fucking players in the Hall of Fame that do not have reigns. Reigns do not define anything, you know? I feel like I'm not trying to take away from the greatness of some of these quarterbacks. But Brett Favre, one range. Tom Brady, sits reigns. Does that mean Tom Brady is six times better than Brett Favre? You know what I mean? I feel like even with Drew Brees, one ring, going to retire after this year. I'm not trying to take away from the, I guess, the impact that championships should have on maybe one's legacy. But at the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily mean you do not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. This man poured his heart in his soul, into the San Diego community, into the Los Angeles community at, while, while he was there for 16 years. 16 years he suited up for this Chargers organization and put his heart and soul into the organization. He had to deal with five different head coaches. His best head coach, the year that I truly got to experience what Chargers football was like and truly can remember that, was fired after a 14-2 and season, just because we lost in the divisional round against the Patriots where Marlon McCree was a dumbass and didn't get the fuck down after intercepting Tom Brady. What does he do? He fumbles the ball. The Patriots get another opportunity. Boom, they win the game. Marty Schoenheimer somehow fired because Marlon McCree is a dumbass. I don't understand that. And then North Turner is hired with a 53-91 in 91 record. That meant 
Philip Rivers now had to carry the Chargers franchise to the 2007 AFC Championship game, where, oh, he's playing with a torn ACL? Like, come on, man. After North Turner, you bring in Mike McCoy? Who the fuck is that? And then after plenty of terrible years under Mike McCoy, you bring in Anthony Lynn, another who the fuck is that? Philip Rivers, you know, as a Chargers fan, it's very just unfortunate. It's very unfortunate to think about the potential that Philip Rivers could have had, could have reached if he did not play for a franchise that was run by the Chargers. I love the Chargers. I bleed bolt up. But I know bullshit when I see it because of the Chargers, and I thank them for that. And unfortunately, Philip Rivers' career, to most people that haven't followed the Chargers, you know, haven't given that um, them the time of day the way that some of us fans have, don't understand all of those little things. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, there have been so many missed opportunities that were not Philip Rivers' fault. And, of course, it's going to fall on Philip Rivers because he's the quarterback. But, at the end of the day, does that mean he's not in the Hall of Fame or he doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? No. Are you kidding me? Like I said before, top five passing touchdowns, top five in passing yards, top five in career completions, number 12 all-time in career passing rating, 252 straight starts, never missed a single game. That, if that's not the resume for a Hall of Famer, then who the fuck is in the Hall of Fame? I would love to meet them. So... That's my rant for the day. And on top of that, his last season with the Colts, you know, arguably one of his best seasons as an NFL player. He threw for 68 he he threw for a 68% completion rating. Andrew Ruck, Andrew Luck never reached that. And Peyton Manning, the Colts' greatest quarterback of all time, only did that one time. Think about that. Think about if Philip Rivers was able to play for the Colts for his entire career with a good offensive line, with a good management, with a team that understands who, what they have at the quarterback position and trying to give him anything and everything they can so they can win now. Something the Chargers had from maybe 2006 to 2009, but never seemed to quite reach that same mark. Always right there. It's unfortunate, but... A career that will not be forgotten. A career that will be in the Hall of Fame one day, regardless of all this bullshit that people want to say. Shout out to Philip Rivers on a tremendous career. I will miss you, 17. You know, you mean a lot to me. But, you know, at the end of the day, he just loved to play. He always stayed, to, he always stayed true to himself. He never went any other way. He'll, he never cussed. You know, it, it's hard to get those unique guys like that. Those guys that will always stay true to themselves the way Philip Rivers did. And, you know, it's it's definitely going to be weird without him and, and Drew, you know, out there next year. But mostly Philip Rivers. Shout out to him. Shout out to 17. What a great 17 years you, you gave to 
um, the game, you know, 16 to, 16 to the Chargers and one to the Colts. So, yeah. In other news, uh, Drew Brees is also um, likely to retire as well. Um, and, you know, it, I, I feel bad for Saints fans. You know, it, it's uh, he's ending his career with 49 regular season wins in the past four years. But each of those four years came to heart, came, ended with, Four like heartbreaking playoff losses. Obviously, you have the Minnesota Miracle. What more can Drew Brees do in that game? And then you have the Rams PI, which is probably the worst call in NFL history. And then the the past two playoffs, um, excuse me, the past two years in the playoffs. I can't really necessarily say they were some miracle in Minnesota or a terrible PI call, but. The offense alone looked terrible. It wasn't necessarily anything that, you know, should have gone their way. And it literally didn't for some crazy reason. It was simply, they just didn't play good. And, excuse me, it, it, it's it's unfortunate. But Drew Brees will 100% be a first, first ballot Hall of Famer. And uh, I believe it is time for him to hang up the cleats. You know, I, I, as I said, in those first two playoff matches... I felt as if he's did everything he possibly could to win those games. But in those final two, you could just see the age. Um, you could see that he just doesn't have what he quite used to have. And shit, I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't run it back. But I, I, I think it's time for him to move on to better, bigger and better things. Uh, shout out to Drew Brees for an amazing career. If that is his last game we ever see him play. Um, and on another NFL news, I thought this was actually pretty crazy. AJ Brown all year missed Thursday and Friday practices due to his knees. This man, of course, had a career year, second year receiver, made the Pro Bowl. And this week he went on Instagram live to say that he had successful knee surgeries for both of his knees. And they actually told him that he was done after week two. And he played all year and made the Pro Bowl. I thought that was very remarkable. I actually had A.J. Brown on my fantasy team. He was one of the guys that helped me, that helped carry me to a fantasy championship appearance. Uh, and then Safan did decided to literally destroy my team. But shout out to A.J. Brown. I think this man is going to be a great receiver. I think uh, the Titans definitely need to hold on to this man. I think he is going to be a beast. Um but he needs to be utilized more in that Titans offense. I know it's a run-heavy offense and to set up that play option. And they're always hitting A.J. Brown for those deep balls or those slants that he can turn into a 70-yard game. But I feel like if the Titans can incorporate him more into that offense, it's only going to be that much more deadly for Derrick Henry. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to A.J. Brown. Um, and in other news, Mark Ingram actually was released from the Ravens, and this saved $5 million for the Ravens. I was... Honestly surprised that he was a healthy stretch from the Bills game, um, but I guess it made sense. I don't know if the, something happened, um, but you uh, that's what it called. It was, it was good to see a lot of uh, Ravens people, uh, a lot of um, um, people in the organization, as, as, as well as Mark Ingram, show love. Um, you know, I, I feel like uh, that Ravens organization is tight, and it's definitely a family-run business, um, a family-run culture. And uh, I have no doubt Mark Ingram will be able to give 
a lot to in the Nets organization who decides to pick him up. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's enough with the NFL. I wanted to talk about some music stuff. At, shout out to Logic. Happy birthday. His is 31st birthday today. He actually was he actually released a mixtape slash album that is on YouTube and Dapiff as we speak. Um, according to Logic a week ago, this was a new artist that he had signed to his Bobby Boy Records. But it actually comes to as everybody has realized now that after they've listened to the mixtape, I've listened to it once. It was actually very good. The production the production was great. I really enjoyed this project. Um, but as it came to it, Doc D, which is the uh, stage name of this artist, is actually Logic. Um, it with uh, just a little bit of a, um, with a little bit of a change in his voice, kind of similar to uh, Kill Edward with Jade Cole. But as I said, this project was just a lot of fun. You could tell that Logic, um, you know, if you have been a Logic fan for a long time, you could tell that he was going through a lot um, before the release of No Pressure. You could, you felt as if something was wrong, um, and he he wasn't really addressing it. He wasn't really talking about it. He just kept trying to push out music, kept trying to continue to live, which is great. But I feel like ever since this release of No Pressure, ever since having his son, ever since moving to Montana and kind of just running uh, this, his Twitch account, he's just been in a really really good headspace, and it's really good to see. Uh, like I said, this project it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. It reminded me of what Logic used to do in his uh, Incredible True. It was it, re it reminded me a lot of the Incredible True story, the um, ability to write and create a storyline uh, is always it's always good, especially when it's um, a bunch of shit that you make up. And uh, yeah, it's really impressive, really. So I, I felt like this project was a lot of fun. I would definitely um, suggest listening to it if you are a Logic fan um, and you. Uh, and enjoy um his style of production i felt like it was it definitely reminded me of like i said of uh, the incredible true story of the note of uh under pressure um it, it was it was good it was really good um but yeah happy birthday to logic he, he did turn 31 today and um another music news drake announced that he is no longer going to be releasing certified lover boy in january due to his uh acl tear um as he posted on his instagram story the other day i was planning to release my album this month but between my surgery and rehab my energy has been dedicated to recovery i'm blessed to be back on my feet feeling great and focused on the album but certified lover boy will not be dropping in january i'm looking forward to sharing it with you all in 2021 you know it's a little unfortunate i was looking forward to drake uh releasing at the top of the year i felt like it would be a great way to start this year um but it's good to hear that he is recovering well from his ACL tear. It's kind of funny that, um, you know, a regular civilian like Drake towards ACL. Supposedly, Steph Curry did it in the gym. I don't know. But it's good to hear that he is recovering well. And, I mean, I, I have no doubt that this album will still be great. Um, I've uh, actually been listening to a lot of old Drake lately. And it's been really refreshing. It's been really just good, you know, like... I feel like I haven't, um, I, I really hate to admit it, but I really feel like I haven't bumped Take Care, Nothing Was the Same, even if you're reading this, it's too late, from front to back, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean I, I hear songs here and there, but bumping each of those albums the past week, front to back, over and over and over again, has, has given me these feelings and thoughts 
and memories even that I, I haven't even felt in such a long time. And it's honestly been so refreshing to listen to Drake in um, the, I guess, at the level, I mean, at the point of my life I am. You know, I used to listen to this man so much as a, as a kid, and I feel like listening to it again, I, I realized how much I loved Drake. And I mean, I, I never stopped loving Drake, but how much I truly did listen to his music, I feel like I've been able to come to that conclusion listening to this more and more. And all these things that I haven't felt in such a long time coming up again. So it's definitely been very, um, very cool and and. Um, I'm really looking forward to Certified Lover Boy. I, I think if it's anything, like uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later, if it's anything uh, to that level of production and perfection, you know, I I have no doubt about it. I I've been I've been watching uh, Rap Radar's Drake's Drake's interview on Rap Radar. I've watched it multiple times now. Um, I, I feel like he's just in a different mind state than a lot of these artists, and here to create something that's going to last a long time. And that's why you you see his albums doing the numbers they do, staying on the billboard for as long as they do. You know, it, it he doesn't release music to just release it. He releases music to have a moment in history. And I think going back and listening to these albums, I, I, I truly believe that he created a lot of moments in history and music. And that's why he is the GOAT of our generation. So, yeah, I, I'm really... I'm really looking forward to Certified Loverboy, and um, you know I, I gotta appreciate Drake. You know you you have to if you, if you do not like Drake, I feel like at this point you are just a hater. So that is that is all for the music news. In NBA news, the Lakers followed their 19-point choke against the Warriors with a 113 to 106 win against the Butts last night. They moved back into first place in the West at 12 and four, um, eight and zero on the road for uh this year which is a franchise record which i thought is uh great um but at the end of the day i don't understand what is up with the struggles at home you know uh but you know if we're winning on the road i i guess there's there's nothing to really i mean there there are stuff to complain about uh but I, we looked very dominant last night in that butts when alex crusoe and kcp are hitting three pointers at an excellent uh, record. LeBron is just doing his thing right now. He, you can just tell he's at a point in his career where he just knows how to get buckets. He knows what to do on the defensive end. Anthony Davis um, is is just a freak of nature. I don't understand that. Um, but yeah, you know this Lakers team is great. Um, but hopefully we can figure out what is going on with these um, home losses, home close losses, especially the Warriors loss. That was just, you know, you look up, you look down, and, uh, you know, we're up by 10, and all of a sudden we have Kelly Obrey, Obrey, uh, you know, laying the ball up everywhere, and you have Draymond doing circus, circus layups to take the lead. I, I just didn't really know what happened in this game. Uh, you know, LeBron got a, got a look at the end, but it wasn't the best look to get it, and we shouldn't have even been in the position to get a look to possibly win and if we don't get the look that we want we're gonna lose we shouldn't have been in that position to begin with so you know all in all the it's still early in the season like i said though 12 and 4 move on and play the bulls tomorrow night um so yeah i mean i i i have uh i have no doubts that this uh 
this uh, road trip will be good. But I'm, I think I'm more looking forward to the uh, Cavaliers matchup on Monday night. Not because LeBron, you know, playing with Cleveland, that's always something. But, I mean, Colin Sexton, this man dropped 42 on the Nets. Completely uh, ruins the uh, first game with this Nets bid three. 20 straight in their uh, in their double overtime win against the Nets team. Uh, supposedly he, I don't know. I don't know if this was a, a meme on Twitter or if this was a real story. You know how I know how people make this stuff stuff up, but people were saying that he walked into the locker room and uh, watched Pat, Katie, and James Harden and uh, went right to t- uh, Tyree and said, "You're gonna need to lace him up because I'm, you know, you're gonna get the work tonight." I really doubt that's a real story, but I thought that it was very accurate to what happened as this man was wearing Tyree's shoes and still dropped 42 on him. Like I said, 20 straight to end the game in double overtime. Uh, The Cavs and the Knits are looking good, and I feel like that's great for the NBA as a whole. Um, You know, you you see these other franchises coming up and having uh, had some terrible years in the past, have some great games, you know, the Knits held the Celtics to 75 points, uh, you know, a few days ago. Um, the, you know, both teams are just playing at a great uh, pace right now, and, and it's it's good for the NBA, you know, having some new teams in the midst, having some some of these younger guys like Colin Sexton uh, step up and have some career years, see that uh, they have been developing, they have been working on their game. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to continue to look um, – and, and watch some of these younger guys in these franchises, R.J. Barrett, um, Julius Randle for the Knits. They're, they're playing at a tremendous rate this year, and I'm, I'm excited for uh, to see what happens in the East. The East is always is, is definitely going to be more open than the West this year. I feel like the West has some solidified teams that will be there in the playoffs, but the East has some of these younger teams, like I said, like the Cavs, the Knits, that will probably be a 6-7-8 seed and have to face a team like the Butts, uh, like the Raptors, or the Raptors aren't really playing good this year, but, you know, some some other team in the East, um, you know, maybe there could be some upsets in the in these playoffs. So I, I think it's just better for the NBA when there's more more teams like that. So, yeah, I'm excited. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I um, am really looking forward to uh, the NFL games this weekend. I think it is – I think we're in for a treat, really. I think that um, you know it's the uh, the new guys uh, facing off against each other, and then the old guys facing off against each other. So the Super Bowl will be you know a new guy and an old guy, and I, I I'm really excited for that. Um, excuse me, I'm really excited to um, dive into some some of the new music that has dropped this week, and yeah, I'm excited to, to continue watching the Lakers um, try to finish off this uh, seven game road road um, trip on a positive note who knows maybe we'll go on a little sit game winning streak here and uh be 15-0 on the road but we'll see i uh hope you all have a great weekend i thank you all for listening again this has been episode 10 of the gino spirito podcast uh, i hope you all are enjoying and i hope you all have a uh, great rest of your day like i said thank you for listening